Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about some of the ideas Adam Silver may have for the NBA. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? We also talk about what's going on with the Los Angeles Lakers. And even more importantly, what's going on with the Houston Rockets? We're going to discuss about the dysfunction or the somewhat dysfunction that's going on with both teams. And of course, the NBA Finals is all set. You got the Golden State Warriors, you got the Toronto Raptors. So you got these last two teams battling out for the NBA championship. And we give our predictions on who will win this final series in the NBA. Our co-host, Adrian Catwell, and Earl Ross join me, Al Pauls, on Guys Talking Sports. And that begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love and support out there. Thanks for all the subscriptions, all the opinions that's out there. Thanks for everything, reaching out to us. But we're going to get right started, get started right into it. I've got my co-host with me, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross. What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? Another lovely day. Survived some tornado weather, which was near our area, but I'm good. I would like to say that my mom is the real MVP. She came down here and made her brother's garden look fantastic. And what minimal work I did, woke up the next morning sore. So, moms, I love you. I couldn't do it without you, and I wouldn't do it without you. So, I love you. <laughs> All right. What a sweet way to start this 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 this, this conversation. I mean. It's always good to show love and appreciate where, you know, where you get your love from. So <laughs> shout out to all the mothers out there, all the family, all the, all the people out there that just in full love mode. But for right now, we're going to get started. We're going to get started and talk about what's going on in the world of sports. And we have a lot to talk about um, in the world of sports. Of course, now we know that the NBA Finals is now set the Golden State and the Toronto Raptors making it into the NBA Finals. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk a little bit about the, the dysfunction of the Lakers and the somewhat maybe dysfunction of the Houston Rockets. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about Adam Silver. And what Adam Silver has done is generate some ideas and have some ideas, I guess, put installed um, that he has some ideas of making changes in the NBA. I don't know much about it, so I'm going to defer to my man, Earl, to give us more information in regards to it. So take it away, Earl. Uh, yeah, well, with, um, Adam Silver was on ESPN. I guess they were asking him about the finals and, you know, Kawhi and Katie and everything. So I guess some I, some um, talk came up about some, you know, improvements or some ways of kind of tweaking the league, the league's um, season and everything. So one of the ideas that he threw out there was sort of like a, in the playoff um, scenario, um, sort of like a kind of a, like a one in like a winning your in kind of deal. The same way we have with the major leagues where, you know, you have the one game, you know, playoff to get in there or in um, the NCAAs where you have two teams that kind of battle for that 16th seed. So I guess it was some kind of ideas of kind of just shaping up the league and um, maybe adding a little more excitement to the um a little more excitement to the um, playoffs and maybe even doing sort of like an in-game, in-season tournament to kind of, 
I guess, boost the sagging ratings for the NBA because we all know the NBA is 82, seat, 82 games long, stretches damn near six months, starts in October, really ends May, then you have April and you have June and the finals will be done next week sometime. So that's a long stretch, you know, of time to go. And I can say it. I don't focus on the NBA until damn near after the All-Star break because you have football right there when they start and you're like right in the meat of the season. So I think Adam Silver was just kind of, you know, throwing out some ideas, some ways of kind of, you know, spicing up the league and in-game tournaments. So like how um, soccer does where they have some tournaments in the season that kind of keep people engaged. Um, and then the playoff actually kind of do like kind of like a one game in win type of thing. And there's no guarantee that that eighth or ninth seed get that spot. You know, they can battle it out just like kind of Major League does, which is usually a pretty god darn good game because everything was on the line. And that one team, whoever wins, gets in. So I guess it's their way of trying to stop teams from tanking. I mean, they already got the draft in there, which – I think it's good. I think it bit the, <laughs> the Knicks in the ass this year, but I think it's a good way of trying to um, avoid tanking. But the ideas that he had out there, I actually kind of like them. Um, whether they get passed is a different story. I mean, you got to go to the CBA with the Players Association, and you know how they might be a little bit particular about that. But it would be nice to see, like, a, you know, one game in win in the playoffs. I think that would add a, a lot more excitement to those last two weeks because if you're the ninth seed, you kind of know you're out of it. You kind of take your foot off the brakes. You said everybody, but if you're the ninth seed and you're the eighth seed, you're kind of battling in that last game. So I think it'll make for some real exciting games at the end of the season if something like that was to go for. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I Adam Silver is making some changes that really benefits the NBA but he really needs to focus on the amount of games being played during the regular season. I think and that, yeah, that was one of the things that was saying, if you do stuff like this, then you would have to look at shortening the season a little bit out of 82 games, maybe go down to maybe like maybe 70 to 75 or something like that kind of condense the season a little bit. No, I completely agree with that because I think that in, in, in a nutshell will benefit not just the fans, but the players as well. Um, as far as the amount of rest is concerned, the risk, the less risk of injuries. And I think that will help out the NBA as a whole. And like you said, a lot of people don't usually watch the really get to enjoy the NBA season until after the All-Star break because that's when football season is winding down. So it would benefit them to focus on the second half of the season more so than the first half. And what better way would be to minimize some of the games and maybe shorten the games so that when it comes playoff time, it not may not be in March, but maybe a little bit earlier. I mean, not not in April, but maybe in March. Um, it would be in competition with March Madness, but I don't think it would be to a point where you know they would lose anything if they if they held the playoffs so maybe a month earlier than what they have now. Well, um, if Major League Baseball is not going to shorten their season, I don't see the NBA shortening their season. <laughs> Um, but I agree with you. I kind of like the whole format with the eight nine. Kind of gives that knife seed something to uh, the to, to play for. A little bit more battle towards the end of the season. You know, it might be a one or two game type of uh, 
situation that kind of holds the ninth seed out, so it gives them something to play for. Um, I'm liking it, you know. Uh, also, I don't know if the NBA talked about it. I thought I heard about this a while ago, but kind of getting away with the, the divisions and this kind of go with the top 16 teams, regardless of wherever they are. Uh, and what division, and just kind of go from there and just kind of make the playoffs from that situation. I thought, I think that will really shake up the league because you mess around and get eight teams or nine or maybe even ten teams from the West, and you might only get six from the East. It might make things a little bit more tougher and make the East kind of play a little bit, you know, a little bit harder to make sure that they ensure a playoff spot come playoff time. So, I think the 8-9 type of uh, one game in is something to look forward to, but I think if they go with the top 16 or top 18 teams in the, uh, in the league and just kind of go from there, I think that probably be the best bet. I, I, to be honest, I, I, I could see that, um, but if they do, they need to face out the playoffs. Um, so that gives ample amount of teams. Like if one team is in the East and one team is in the West, they're going to have to space it out for traveling traveling um, purposes um, to make sure that the teams is able to get there a certain amount of time, get the rest in, and then work on, you know, focus on the actual play, playoff games. Yeah, it, it's a concept, uh, interesting concept. Um, whether or not... The only thing about that is, is let's say in the past couple of years, the West was more, you know, I guess a stronger, the stronger conference in the East. Um, if you, you would really have tanking because then you're going to know maybe three teams out the East is going to make it. Other teams are going to say, what the hell am I playing for? That would incur more tanking because at least if you have the Eastern and conference separate, they have something to play for. You really have teams that know that, well, fuck it. I can't even beat the, you know, be up in that upper echelon or even get to the playoffs. And there's only going to be three teams out of the East. Why should I even play? You would have had a – you could have theory had an Indiana Pacers. You could have had a um, Miami Heat or anybody at, at the – even, damn, the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets say, fuck it, why even play? <laughs> However, what they should do is I think they should – do what the NFL did a couple of years ago. And I think they should mix up the conferences. Mix it up how? Like, well, you already have your central division. You have your, you know, I guess what the Atlantic division or the other side, you have your specific and Southwest. I think they should just mix it up a little bit, mix up the conferences again. They did it before, but they didn't do it they didn't do any drastic changes. So taking Golden State and put it in a different conference in the West Coast or, you know, moving, you know, like either the Bulls or, you know, um, the Pistons, switch them out of the conferences and, and, and do it that way. I mean, cause it kind of makes sense in a way because New Orleans is technically not in the West <laughs> um, in a way. Um, they're more so in the East, even though, I mean, to be honest, so is Memphis in a way, because it's in a central area. You could put them in the East or the Western Conference. So maybe a mix-up would be, in, I mean, would be good, ideal. 
Um, I don't know if Adam Silver would be inclined to do something like that, but I don't see why it wouldn't hurt to at least give it a shot at this stage. Yeah, you throw, let's say you throw, you know, let's say you throw the Clippers or the Lakers into um, the Southwest Division with um, Dallas or Houston, or you snatch out Memphis and put them into the other conference. You know, not drastic coastal changes, but a kind of a movement of some teams around to kind of shake things up in that way. I don't think it would. You might be able to get away with that a lot, a lot easier than some some other stuff. But geographically, I mean, it's just so tough to kind of, you know, I don't know. I I guess when I look at baseball, you see Houston, Houston Astros in the the AL West. And it just seems kind of weird. But, I mean, it's doable. But, I mean, it just takes some change. It just takes some, I'm not used to seeing this sort of thing and kind of go from there. But why not use that type of format like the MLB has? Like make it like a, uh, like there's like an American, there's a, a national um, division. Why not do it something like that and then split the teams, just like in football where you have like the American and the, um, the national. Um, why not just um, split the teams um, like three ways and make it like east, south, southwest or east, north or south or, you know, west? and split it down that road, use that same format. Wouldn't it be a lot more easier, I guess, to do in, in a format sense? Um, or that or, or kind of create one more conference within each division and kind of minimize it just a little bit more, you know, like hockey. Hockey has the East, and then they have the Atlantic, and then they have the South. Maybe NBA can kind of do that. And instead of having five or 16 divisions, maybe have four divisions, you know, four teams in the division and kind of go from there. But the NBA has three divisions. Not uh, one. In each conference. Yeah, yeah. But how many teams are in each? Six? Um, four or five? Five, yeah, five or six, something like that. About five or six. All right. All right, so if they took one from each one and created a different Western conference, whatever, in within that division, you know what I'm saying, and whatever they want to call it, and then kind of do that for the East, too, maybe it might give – then you want – if you do that, then you don't have to worry about the 8-9 because then now you have the extra team and then maybe – between those, the, the 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 winners of the the two division who has the least, you know, the least amount of wins or whatever, can kind of battle it out to be that one game playoffs sort of thing, and you don't have to worry about an eight nine. Could be. I mean, it's, I mean, I'll, I'll give Adam Silver credit for thinking outside the box. I mean, like I said, I mean, I don't know if he's going to go. Like I said. Some changes to the conferences or the divisions could work. I don't think they're going to go wholesale like how college football is drastically writing <laughs> conferences, which stretches, you know, states and time zones. But, I mean, anything, I guess, you know, to kind of, you know, 
you know, makes things a little more interesting, you know, is good for the product. I mean, even the shortened season when they had years back was probably one of the more exciting NFL um, seasons they had in a long time. Um, but um, like you said, and, you know, the major leagues ain't giving up any more um, shortening the season. Um, NFL is trying to extend stuff <laughs> and not really trying to shorten it. Um, so basketball, the players, they ain't trying to lose checks like that. So they are definitely not going to try to shorten it up, but something to kind of, because you're right. It's that, but the first week or two after they start the NBA season, after that, it's like a drop off between November to like, what, March? <laughs> really April, because then you have March Madness. And then it's like between November and April, who's really that engaged in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, personally, and I know this is a long time coming, but, you know, they talk about, you know, world champions and blah, 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 and basketball being, outside of soccer, probably being the one sport where, you know, you got pretty, you know, pretty decent talent all throughout the world. Now, it would be really cool if you could sit there and take I don't know. You know how, like, before in college basketball, before you go in season or whatever in division or in your conference type of play, where you have so many so many tournaments between this this conference and that conference. Well, of course, in basketball, you really can't do that. Maybe you took it, you know, turn around and say you have a a tournament with Spain's best, or you have a tournament with whatever. I mean, I think that would that would attract some intrigue within the league because now you you're more so getting the best basketball in in the United States, and then you're also kind of incorporating some of the better basketball throughout the world, and that can kind of incorporate some. Of, that's one way to kind of shorten the season, but then kind of keep the season on the same type of. 82 game season, if you kind of incorporate some of those world teams in with the uh, in with the, the W, uh, the uh, gosh, the WNBA, the NBA. But then, in the same sense, then you need to open it up so that when you have an NBA championship, it's more so the NBA versus whatever the best team in the world is, and then you have a world championship type of thing. But I'm sure that's so many years down the road. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's years. But I can see them doing it in the All-Star game. The All-Stars from the NBA do, like, you know, play against All-Stars from, like, you know, the EuroLeague or around the world. That would be real interesting. I, but honestly, you know, I, I, yes, I agree with you. But if they ever incorporate where is the the North American – Versus the world to ultimately bring the, the world championship to whomever. I honestly believe that that format could actually mean something, but then it, it, it would actually have to kind of coincide. Now, I don't know how, you know, how you have uh, FIFA and they had the World Cup. I don't know how that would kind of, kind of bridge in there. I don't know if they would ever want to kind of bridge that whole thing into one damn particular season. Because then it limits the, the type of money that's being drawn in from each country or each team or whatever. So 
I, I know it sounds ambitious to start, but is this so so intricate when you think about the the grand scheme of things? Fascinating. Uh, the only thing I would be curious about is what happens during the Olympic times, because what you're suggesting right there is pretty much what the Olympics does as it is now. Yeah, but the only difference would be that let's just say, I don't just using Tony Parker and some other players because we know they play for France. But at this particular time, if it's not, Olymp well, I guess, you know, Olympic season, but do they actually want to play for their own country or do they want to play for their own team that they actually belong to? And I guess that's where kind of this gets kind of crazy and trying to decipher all that old thing. Because, you know, so many uh, non-Americans or non-USA players are now playing in the, in the NBA. You know, you're talking about Canadian and other, other countries. It's just like, how do you decipher? Where do you want to play? Blah, blah, blah. But I guess if the NBA would then kind of unite with some of these other leagues and try to make it some global superpower where money is not a problem, anybody can get, you know, get paid top dollars to play in any league, then you really have some serious basketball competition because they wouldn't seem like they need to go to New York or L.A. to get paid. They can go to Lithuania and get paid as long as the team is nice. <laughs> Yeah, but the problem with that is, is that you know, all the like you said, it's the pay is nice, um, and the popularity is not there. And to be honest, any team that wants to go, I mean, any player that wants to go play overseas, they are still dreaming about coming back into the NBA. So it's you know, you see where players go to like China overseas, do extremely well, averaging like thirty or forty points a game. All just make sure that they may are they're seen so that maybe some of the NBA scouts can look at them and bring them back from overseas or sign them, you know, once their season is up overseas. So, you know, it's still going to be full circle because people will, you know, will go to prove their point in overseas, but eventually will come back and say, you know, no, I still want to play in the NBA. That's where the bread and butter is. That's where my popularity is. That's where people will recognize me whenever I play. It will be in the NBA. But but do you think a player like Stephen Marbury who went over to China and was the, the shit? Well, do you, think, do you think you would love to stick it in the craw of the, of the NBA and bring a, a world championship to China versus the NBA? Well, the, the, the only – I'm pretty sure that if the NBA came calling for him to come back, a team called him to come back, I'm pretty sure that he would give that up, the popularity in China, to play just to have a second chance with the, with the NBA team. I'm very sure of it. I mean, let's take, for example, Jimmy Fredette. I mean, he's, he's balling over there overseas. But when um, – I forgot who – what team signed him, um, like, the final two weeks. He came back immediately – um, to finish out the, re the rest of the season with the NBA team who didn't give him a run at all like he was getting in in China. So, you know, even though they, they are doing their thing overseas, they still want have the desire to play in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, uh, I like the concept. I mean, I, I think if his basketball is really going to go global, I think I, that might be – some some ways way down the road that we would get there where you actually have a true world championship. I would like to see it. Uh, it's 
probably a while away from now, but I mean, the best thing they could probably get right now is what, uh, let's say the Golden State Warriors win and you want to do like a exhibition match between the um, EuroLeague champion and that's probably that's probably the best we can get right now. But I do like the idea that you're thinking about Ace, but I think that would be the more global it gets, the farther down the road that it gets. Oh yeah, yeah. That's unfortunately that's not something you'll see for years. <laughs> I don't know if that's something we'll ever see in our lifetime, but you know, because now you're just talking about money. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I mean I guess on a global they could take the NBA championship versus the world and then whoever that world team would be or play against the NBA championship, but the NBA champion, but they still wouldn't kind of be on that same level because, you know, it's just they're not on that same level. As the NBA <laughs> I'm be honest with you. I, I wouldn't be too sure about that. I mean, I can honestly see a world team beating a USA team um, because – but when I say world, I'm not talking about the best in the world versus the NBA team. I'm talking about a world tournament being whatever country they're from, winning that tournament, and then playing the NBA champion. Yes. I no. can honestly see a team overseas that wins the world tournament beat an NBA championship team. I can honestly mm-hmm. see that. Like, the whole, the whole thing with the – um, NBA team overpowering the overseas team that completely shrunk. Before there was a big gap, but that gap has closed in. And you will see. I I mean, there are very talented over teams that are overseas. If there was a world tournament in place, I would whoever wins that tournament, I would be confident that they would not only give an NBA champion team a run for their money, but I think that they would – I wouldn't be surprised if they won, bottom line. And I think a lot of people are thinking that way now with NBA teams. I mean, and overseas teams. So am I assuming that you're saying that they're playing with the world rules and the world type of uh, – I, 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 you know, because I – Yes. I, I believe FIBA rules versus NBA rules are kind of different. Yes, Definitely. So are you playing with FIBA or are you playing with NBA? It has to be FIBA. You can't, you know, you 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 can't you can't confine to USA just because it's USA basketball. Um, since USA basketball is part of the international and FIBA as well, they would confine to the FIBA rules. I could see that. And I think USA would agree with that, you know, with with no question. Yep, I agree. All right, so let's move on because we definitely have a lot to talk about because the NBA Finals are officially on the way. But before we get into that, let's talk about what is the dysfunction of the Los Angeles Lakers. And we talked about it last week about it being a snowball just rolling downhill like a garbage fire, just just a blaze right now. And this has been a lot of talk back and forth. Um, Right now, everything stems to Rob Palenka, and a lot of people just don't trust him. I heard people, you know, reports of him, him being a liar, flat out, 
him and um, Magic Johnson is in disagreement with what was being said and how things were being handled and who was saying this and that. So I'm just going to open it out to you guys and say, are the Lakers really in a bad position of where they are right now? Um, is Jeannie Buss, does something need to happen, like a big overhaul with the Lakers at this point? Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, well, the buck stops with Jeannie Buss. So, I mean, she, you know, that's her team. You know, she, quote, unquote, calls the final. She has the final say. So I think at this particular point, um, you almost have one or two options. Either A, you get rid of Rob Palenka and you completely clean house, or you're going to have to double and triple down on Rob Palenka at this particular point because now you're a month away from free agency. Um, so it's like damned if you do and damned if you don't. And the whole Rob Palenka situation is bad. I mean, it looks like the whole thing with Magic Johnson obviously didn't work out. The whole thing with Rob Palenka looked like he wanted Magic's job and maybe was kind of side-talking him on the back end of Jeannie and other people. Um, the whole story about how Magic was a, a bully and Rob Palenka is a liar. I mean, it just – we knew things were bad. And I remember us saying right after Magic kind of walked out and said he was quitting, and we all sat here and said that, it's some more stuff to this because it doesn't seem as cut and dry as him leaving. And, you know, we'll find out in, the, you know, the weeks and the months to come. And, and lordy, lordy. <laughs> and, I mean, it is the more things come out. So that situation, if I'm a free agent, do I want to go to that situation that looks like it's a complete, you know, mess right now? I mean, um, Jeannie Buss is going to either – well, who's in charge? Is it Jeannie? Is it Linda Ramis? Is it Phil Jackson? Maybe, you know, sweet-talking her. Um, Kobe's pissed off that his name is even brought up in this whole mess. Um, is it Kurt Rambis? I mean, wh where does the new coach fit into all this? I mean, is it Rich Paul really having this power? Are they trying to kind of shadow, you know, with the Lakers? Um, I don't know. It's – if I'm a free agent – um, I'm a little concerned about going to the Lakers because we don't know, because there's another shoe that's going to drop, in my opinion. I don't know what that shoe is, but I think there's one more shoe that's going to drop in this whole situation, and I think it's going to have something to deal with either Rob Palenka or Kurt and Linda Rams. Well, I personally don't think they're going to get rid of uh, Palenka. And Jeannie Buss probably has as much to blame as anybody else that's going on. Anybody. Um, but I don't know, man. You know, I sat there and I listened to uh, to Magic's kind of spiel, talking about you know how he came in and and Palinka kind of came in before Magic and how Magic didn't have the opportunity. To, pick up who he wanted to pick up and pick his coach and all this type of stuff. So I don't know who's to blame. I don't know uh, what is all that's going on with this, but bottom line is, you know, if this is all kind of circling back to LeBron, 
this is what it kind of seems like to me. Like, you know, all this dysfunction, but then everybody kind of just looks to the left and be like, all right, but LeBron, what you going to do? LeBron didn't pick the Lakers because of whatever it ever. You know, LeBron picked the Lakers because they're in L.A. And he's trying to do post-NBA type of stuff. So ultimately, I think LeBron is just going to sit there and just play whatever and just say, hey, you know, he's going to be that dude that didn't question anything for the first time in his career and just kind of play it out and kind of go from there. But if I were Jimmy Buss and I'm trying to get control back of my team or my organization, ultimately, LeBron got to go. And I know people would look at me and saying, you got a you know generational type of talent on your squad. Yeah, but I got more dysfunction than anything else going on on my team right now than having a generational talent. And do I believe that I can get additional talent on his level to come in and play with, you know, play with LeBron despite the dysfunction? So that's where I'm going with that. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I I don't even know where to begin with this. Um, but I agree with you. In a nutshell, they gotta get a foot on this as quickly as possible because they're gonna lose a lot of free agents come free agency. Um, especially now that the free agent starts at six PM the day before July first. So I think it's June thirtieth. Free agency starts at six PM. So you don't think that people are watching? Um, I think agents is looking like, why do you want to put yourself in a position to be the only thing that's keeping them face right now is the fact that they have LeBron James. That's the only thing at this stage. Um, majority of the people that they sign on one year contracts is probably not going to be re-signed. So um, they, there's a lesson learned with LeBron for this year. And I think that the Lakers really got to do something to right this ship because if not, they're going to have a difficult time, even with LeBron James there, to get some players to play with LeBron James. I mean, it's bad enough that you got people saying, you know, not too many players want to play with LeBron, but this is just like icing on the cake. So it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, hopefully, like I said, I don't know what Jeannie can do at this point, um, but she has too many people in their ear. And – if you're gonna give a person sole control to run the operation, you can't have all these people behind you giving you, you know, saying other things. Just let that person do his job and just let them run the organization like you brought him in to do. So whether or not that's going to change, whether or not Palinka is gonna still be there, we shall see. So, yeah, but, she would have to. She would have to empower somebody. I mean, she would have to be the owner, but she would have to be just like the dad was. He was the owner, but he allowed the GM, he allowed Jerry West to, to run the show. And he basically stayed on the business side. And, you know, from all, all the reports, you know, her business savvy is really well. She should stay on the business side, but then bring in a GM or president to be able to run this stuff. Yeah, you can have the final say, but you let that person run the basketball operations. And I think with Magic, he thought he was coming in with the understanding that I'm going to run the basketball operations as I see fit. But then you had other people going to her, talking, telling her, don't do a, a you know, X, Y, and Z of what Magic is, you know, suggesting. And Magic was like, hey, you brought me in here to be the president of basketball. Let me be the president of basketball. But uh, I don't know. Until 
I don't think I don't think you can find anybody right now to run to run this. The only person I can think of that maybe would, would, would want to maybe Pat Riley, but we'd be able to get him out of Miami. I don't know. Jerry West is not leaving where he's at. He's he's with the Clippers. He's not walking to the other side of the building for that mess. Um, maybe you can get the GM out of Toronto. That kind of helped them kind of, you know, get, you know, Kawhi Leonard there. And I don't think Toronto's going to let him go. Um, I, I don't I don't think Kawhi would want to be a second fiddle. Obviously, Kawhi, you know, we've seen that Kawhi can sit there and lead a team to a, to a finals. Not to say he couldn't lead him in, in San Antonio, but if he didn't get hurt, he probably could have led San Antonio to another finals. But obviously, he's not going to try to be no second fiddle to no LeBron. So I don't, I don't see him going anywhere. I mean, why would he? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make sense at this stage. Um, right. He's already at a position where he is going to do something similar to what LeBron has done with Cleveland. So he has the opportunity right now to take a team and um, not only be in the NBA Finals, but a good opportunity to win in the NBA Finals. So um, I just don't see him wanting to come to the Lakers. I think that's talk of people wanting him to be in the Lakers, but it's not him saying that he wants to be there. So unless I hear otherwise from Kawhi's camp, I just don't see that happening. And it's funny because so many people right now is all talk. They That's what they want. It's so many people saying, you know, we want Kawhi to be in L.A. to play with the Lakers, not the Clippers. You know, and it's just because they're Lakers fans. They, they, they are wishing that this would happen. They are wishing, they are hoping that Kawhi would somehow magically choose the Lakers over the Clippers who is in a better prime or, you know, better – organization right now not saying historically but right now the Clippers are the better organization than the Lakers so we'll see how this plays out but it's just so tiring when you hear people talk about you know we hear we want Kawhi to be with the Lakers but we know that he's not choosing the Lakers Lakers not even a thought in his process right now at least as of right now but who knows come free agency so and speaking of which um, let's go right into the talk about what John, uh, with Maury, Daryl Maury, um, GM of the Houston Rockets, saying basically we're just going to um, do whatever we can to upgrade our roster, whether it's through picks, whether it's through, you know, upgrading our roster. They said that Clint Capella right now is it's out there in trade talks because they want to do something as far as get some value for him. And basically, if Chris Paul is available, you know, if there's a team that looks for Chris Paul, they're willing to trade him as well. So basically, they're just going to blow up the whole team process and try to upgrade their roster. So real quick, let me get your thoughts on that. Foolish. <laughs> but, you know, everyone, you know, everybody wants to follow that whole trend with uh, Golden State. And obviously... When you look at free agency this coming season, it's possibly that, you know, Golden State's going to probably blow up. Maybe. Maybe. You know, depending on what Clay wants to do, depending on what Draymond wants to do, depending on how Golden State can pony up the money. But it was a good run that Golden State had if they were able to win a championship and then, you know, Clay and Draymond kind of go their separate ways. But obviously, you know, 
there is no team in the NBA that can sit there and free agents kind of put that team together. It just ain't going to happen. Golden State was lucky that they were able to draft everybody that came in and play like they were able to play and play on a, some sort of like a rookie type of uh, contract where they could kind of gradually pay them the way they wanted to pay. You know, so with that being said, I mean, I give the GM from Houston all the credit in the world. If that's how he wants to go about it, so be it. I don't see how it's going to work out for him, but, you know, if Harden wants to go, if, if you want to say that Harden's your dude, Harden can drop 40 a game, but then you still need two or three or four more other players to get you enough for 40, 50. So if you trade away all those assets, I don't think it's going to get you. Yeah, I think they're looking at the whole – it's interesting that he said everybody is, is possible outside of Harden, but it seemed like he was a little bit more – Lacks in the hard situation. I mean, they have no, they have no draft picks in this upcoming draft, which is interesting. So, Clint Capella is probably the one asset they can probably trade much more easier because um, Chris Paul has a heavy contract in the back and four years left. He's owed a lot of money, and I don't think too many teams is going to be willing to take on that contract. You know, with an aging point guard as such. Um, James Harden, I don't think he's going anywhere. But my personal opinion is not the team that's the problem. It's the way the team was coached, and it's the offense that you ran. Um, D'Antoni's brand of offense didn't work anywhere he went. It didn't work. It's not working in Houston. It didn't work in New York. It didn't work in L.A. And it didn't work in Phoenix. Um, so it's good for the regular season. But when it gets down to the the, the, um, the playoffs, outside of Phoenix, with with um with Steve Nash was the closest thing that he probably got. But James Harden is a shoot first, shoot second, and shoot third kind of person. That style of offense <laughs> doesn't work when it comes to the finals because look what happened against the um, um the Golden State Warriors. They had it right where he wanted them, but he just want to keep shooting. And then when Chris Paul's offense, you know, you know, is starting the offenses, when he's making a move, um, then all of a sudden they want to, he wants to sit back. He wants to be disengaged because the offense is not going from him. So um, to me, it's the way that that team is coached. It's the offense that they're running and Harden has to give up some of those points. You can't score 45 every night and then leave everybody else out to dry. And then when you're not getting the ball, you just want to stand there, hold your hands, be disengaged, play defense sparingly. So to me, it's the offense and it's the coach. It's not necessarily the team. I don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know if that is true or not. I'm not going to say that it's the coach per se. I think the coach does take major, half of the blame, but. Uh, you also got to give blame to Daryl Morey as well, um, the GM for setting up the the roster to begin with. Um, when you think about it, I mean, you're paying Chris Paul over thirty thirty million um, for the remainder of his contract, um, thirty five mil for um, James Harden, and then you leave the rest of the people with what they have and like only making like a certain amount. It's it's I think how it was set up 
was wrong. Also, you got to blame him for letting go of Trevor Ariza. You got to blame him for making those um, – for all the players that they let go in the beginning, they didn't re-sign them. So I'm not saying that, you know, D'Antoni's system was, you know, like – I'm not giving it a defense for D'Antoni's system. I'm saying also that Darren Morey has to be taken – given some credit as well on this because – it was him that didn't do the things that he needed to do to keep the roster that they have to advance. So, so enlighten us on your potential Chris Paul trade that you thought would be good with the LA. No, I look. I didn't say that it would be good. I just said. I just said that. I just put it out there because of the simple fact that you know why not reunite him with LeBron James. I mean, if you're going to go for broke as far as a point guard is concerned, why not do it with Chris Paul? Like, if I'm Houston, I would look at L.A. first. Because I wouldn't be, you know, not the Clippers, but I'm talking about the Lakers, of course. Because I would see Chris Paul actually doing, you know, being okay going to the Lakers and playing with LeBron. Um, I could see you getting value in return for Chris Paul where it could be Alonzo Ball or Josh Hart. Um, it could be someone else. Um, you know, I was saying, I said, um, why not throw out there if I'm the Rockets, I would do Chris Paul for Alonzo Ball, Mo Wagner, and your picks. Um, and, and, and see what they, and see if they bite on that. Um, I would do something like that. Um, only reason why I said that was because of the fact that, that Paul, would go to LA. He would, you know, play with LeBron and then work that way, work it out some way, shape, or form. There. Only problem is, is that LeBron and Chris Paul's contract is way over. You know, alone would be enough to to be over the limit. So they would have to work on just finalizing with one year deals and get the best out of the players that they have. Um, Actually, that's not a far fetched idea. Now, the money could work. I mean, you know, LeBron is on his last deal. They have enough money to do two backs contracts. I could see something, and it couldn't work if he was to go over there because the Lakers probably one of the few teams outside of the Knicks that has the cap space to actually be able to have both. I mean, I could see it more happening if the Lakers got desperate, if they got nobody in free agency. And then I could see maybe they're bringing in Chris Paul to be, be the point. And then, you know, allow LeBron James to be the point sometimes, but then allow him to kind of move around. I mean, they're both, what, three or four-year contracts, so you basically can ride them off into the sunset for the next, you know, three years. And then they both walk, and they both walk the books at the same time. Um, so I, if I was the Lakers, I wouldn't do it, but don't be surprised if they if they miss and swing on their first couple of free agency picks, and now you're down to your, you know, plan C and plan D. I would not be surprised if that was to happen because he was all he was actually a Laker a couple of years ago before David Stern nixed that whole idea because he didn't like what you know New Orleans was doing. So. Not, I, it would not, would not shock me if that was to happen. Yeah, especially if they got desperate. And that's where everything lies on who would be desperate first. Um, the Rockets will hold all the cards in this, of course, but it doesn't really have to be. To be honest, 
they don't really even need a point guard back because I think Austin Rivers would pay well with James Harden, um, more so than Chris Paul would at this point. They don't want Kuzma. Say it again? They would probably want Kuzma. They would probably want Kuzma, but the Lakers wouldn't give him up. I think they would probably do more of a Brandon Ingram, Mo Wagner, um, some picks or whatever the case may be. Um, then they would get because I don't see the Lakers doing Kuzma. I think Lakers would save Kuzma just in case they need him for the AD deal. So, huh. Huh. oh, so you trying to tell me Chris Paul for Ball and Wagner picks and then turn around and the number four AD or whatever to get AD over to LA? Then now you talk about LeBron, AD, Chris Paul. That's hypothetical. I that's mean, hypothetical. I think, yeah, that's something that they would wish would happen. <laughs> Whether or not that would happen, I extremely – I'm not going to say I, – I doubt it. I'm not going to say extremely doubt it, but I doubt it. But well, I can see that being a Lakers quote-unquote plan. I, I, I honestly can see that working, you know, unless, unless New Orleans turn around and said – they don't want to send AD to LA and then come around and send them to New York, but and they still don't. At least that, at least is what they're talking about right now. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I think that there's going to be more to this come down the road. I think once the finals is up, I think it's going to open up a Pandora's box of different trade scenarios, different people going different places. I think that's going to open up, and we have plenty of time during the summer to get to that. But before we get to that, we still got to talk about what is now set as far as the NBA Finals, Golden State Warriors against the Toronto Raptors. Of course, Golden State Warriors sweeping the Portland Trailblazers to get to the Finals. And of course, Toronto Raptors beating the Milwaukee Bucks in six games to make it to the NBA Finals. So real quick, let me get your thoughts on now that the Finals is all set. Do you still believe that the Golden State Warriors have the, ext- the extreme advantage over Toronto Raptors? Or do you think it's now close between the two teams? Um, if I had to put my money out there where my mouth is, which I would never do, uh, it wouldn't shock me if Toronto game one and – you know, go to state sitting there saying that yeah, it's whatever, you know, KD in game two. And Toronto still is game two. Then you're just looking like, look, we just need you to win. If it's still one on the road, you get one at home, uh, then we could might be able to pull this off, but it's a slim chance. I think it may go seven. And I think it's going to take and KD in order for Golden State to get over Toronto. So you're saying, say Toronto and or Golden State? I, I'm saying I'm saying Golden State will probably win it, but it's going to go seven. It's going to take Golden State and all of their uh, everything that they have. To get past Toronto to win the championship. I think this is probably outside of the Cleveland series where 
a fluke with Draymond getting ejected, whatever, whatever. I think this is probably their toughest. This is their toughest uh, series to date going to the finals. Hmm. Uh, I would say that uh, I do like the seven game going seven games. I think I'm going to take the Toronto Raptors in seven. I think Toronto Raptors. If Toronto Raptors lose game one, all bets is off. But I think they're going to win game one. Um, I think that the difference between the Toronto, I think if they would have got the Bucks, they would have probably beat the Bucks as they their team without KD in, in five or six. Um, the one thing you have to factor in, it's a very motivated Kawhi Leonard. And I think that he has a serious gripe and bone to pick with the Golden State Warriors because it wasn't two years ago when he was playing with San Antonio Spurs and they had him dead to rights and he took that shot. And Zaza, you know, Petrullius put his foot underneath there and that started a chain reaction of him eventually not playing last season for San Antonio Spurs and coming um, coming to Toronto. So I think he was probably salivating at the opportunity and the best revenge is to get Golden State in the finals and beat them. Um, So if Golden State had home court in a healthy KD, then I would probably say Golden State in six. But I think this is going seven, and I think it's going to be the Toronto Raptors in a close game seven. And I do not believe that KD is going to play this series. I think that cap is torn, not strained. Uh, wow. Uh, real quick, I I agree with you, Earl. And to be honest, my only thing is I think KD will play, but I don't think it does. It won't matter. I think it will not matter. I think I agree with you about Kawhi. I think that this is his revenge game. Out of all the other games that's out there, this is his revenge game. And I really do see Toronto being a lot tougher of an out than all the teams that they played. And we were talking about this with the Clippers, how the Clippers were playing them defensively, how they got those two games. You got a motivated Kawhi, who is a defensive juggernaut. You got Piao Sakum, who will probably be – who can run around and guard anybody else. You know Kawhi eventually is going to stick to KD if he does come out. If KD is not playing – then I think Toronto has the edge in this series. And I am really am curious to see what happens in game one because game one will set that tone. So every, they, Toronto has the advantage. They have home court advantage. Everything is we the north at this point. So okay. it's win or go home. It, Toronto has everything set up for them to win this series. So we'll see how it goes in game one. Yep. Toronto wins game one. All bets is off. I mean, excuse me, Golden State wins game one at home. All bets is off, but I'm thinking Toronto wins game one, and it's going to go seven. But Toronto got the home field, right? Home court advantage? Yeah, one game, and that happened because they, because the Golden State Warriors early in the season lost two games to the Raptors. <laughs> hey, I guess those early season matches matter. <laughs> exactly. 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 Well, we could talk more about what's going on in the NBA Finals once the Finals kick off. Um, but for right now, it seems as though that it's time for us to get ready to get up out of here. So 
let everybody know where they can reach you guys at. Find me on the gram, Twitter, and Snapchat, J.E. Ross, the number seven. You can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. You can catch guys talking sports on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can catch them on Instagram. We are on Instagram at Guys Talking Sports. We are on Twitter, Guys Sports Talk. So make sure you check us out. We're on YouTube as well. So make sure you check us out. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you reach out to us. Any questions, comments that you may have, feel free to reach out to us and let us know. Um, but for right now, we'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. Appreciate all the love and support. And until next time, same catch guys talking sports next week. So for right now, it's time to say adieu. God bless. Have a good night. Check us out again next time.